go, dude. I almost don't even know what to do anymore because. Wait, when was the last time you did one? It's been <laughs> it's been a little while. it's been a little while since i've done one with you because i think you did one oh yeah i might have did like a short one by myself a short one a short one (laughs) (laughs) man do i look different jesus i feel like i haven't been on here for a while but um (laughs) so much ufc news dude the ufc just find themselves in an amazing spot right now but we'll get to that later you want to know why because i think the greatest sporting news of all is the fact that afc richmond (laughs) <laughs> so that show has come to an end Sad we don't day. know for sure check this out. there might be another season renewed it's not been confirmed or denied i got a blanket ted lasso did i ask for it no did i get it yes did bianca surprise me with it yes and you know what is amazing about it it's vintage warriors colors so doubles is that so it's a warrior blanket and ted lasso and because apparently i didn't have enough soft soft blankets yes his blankets have like that weird like fuzzy material that you can tell it's been old it's like a old dog's fur coat and then are we hurting old dogs feelings out there though well i love old dogs but i don't want to like use their fur as my freaking blanket Mm. And so I got, I got. What are you even talking about here, huh? No, that didn't make sense. Oh, old okay. dogs first. My blanket, you fucking weirdo. Okay. Long story short, yeah, he she has a been softer, out of the game for a bit. Here, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm a little rusty. He needed a softer blanket, and you know, the first thing he said was, "This shit's not even soft." No, it's like one of the softest oh, blankets yeah. ever. My yeah. one of the soft one of the blankets I had. Communication skills here. <laughs> is um was really soft but now it's the old dogs got into it old so. dog for feeling you know speaking of dogs though there's a lot of dogs on these ufc cards baby i don't oh even know how i'm gonna she gets pissed every time i start diving into the ufc because that's no one that that's her key to know when the brick wall comes up and she's just like out of the episode no we didn't give her like our like what we're watching or what we've watched recently yeah so apple tv has officially become the number one hub for streaming service because silo ted lasso not, like actually officially in the world like just with him platonic is pretty good yeah it's okay, okay. but silo is really good anything that's like apocalyptic Kellen likes Stuff zombies. Like well, He's it's terrified. Kind of a zombie show. No, I know, but you like apocalyptic, like zombie stuff. Still like, haven't dove into prehistoric world yet. Might um, want to get into that, just because your boy here can name almost every dinosaur species back when he was like seven years old. Like only six. know the mains now. I was gonna say, what do you know now? You got the Stegosaurus, Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> triceratops okay you know the names but if i showed you a picture would you know them huh like you know the names of them but if i showed you a picture could you like call yes them, tell me what they were how do you think i remember all these ufc fighters i associate faces with names so if i didn't know like then if i, I wouldn't i'm not good at like memorizing just like the name like you yeah, have to I have see to what, know it what it looks like. like in order for it but the triceratops is easy it has like three horns and the try got it what, uh, one of the ones starts with a b it's a long ass name long neck one the herbivores are really cute ones i love them they're my yeah. favorite ones um what what 
like what do we even do do we how do we even approach podcasts anymore <laughs> like i don't even know what to say you know because we've got all this good content i just don't know how to organize it because kellen's been out of the game for a little bit and i'm just trying to find a fun way to implement our co-host here so she doesn't I don't mind if you don't implement me. I find my way to speak. It's usually, I throw you off topic, but it's still... <laughs> oh, oh, the Ultimate Fighter. What are we feeling? I didn't really watch a whole lot of that with you, that one episode, but it so far See, looks good. when I try to get in with her, she doesn't like... <laughs> I was doing something when else. When I try to get myself involved, like, here, babe, this is what I like oh, to do, babe. Oh, here, babe, that's what you say? Hey, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Black. And Later, then- babe. <laughs> Inside joke with Jack Black. <laughs> inside joke. I've even seen School of Rock. No. Oh my god! I just can't say anything at all ever. Okay. Can't wait to kill the mood. Let's get let's get can't started. I have to edit this and release it same day, baby. But let's start out with the card that is fucking tomorrow. Okay. There's only like a few things that we have to get on. So what I did do is I made a. I mean, in my opinion, the post I put on my Instagram account is worth more than six likes for of Daniel uh, Lilycats. <laughs> so I okay, would agree. Okay. I put an effort into that, all right? But the dude was going to fight that that night, that next weekend, but then his fight fell through, and now he's on the Albazi versus Cara Franz card. And we've got our boy Daniel Lilycat Santos taking on, um, is it uh, Johnny Munoz? Wait, where in the fuck is it? Oh, God. Where is he? There he is. Danny Santos for Johnny Munoz. This, to me, out of there's like three or four fighters that I absolutely love on this card. And there's so many fights that fell through. Look at that list. We got uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, oh seis, God. siete, for ocho. For this card? Just this card alone. There's Ooh. eight that fell through. But there, this... Saturday after taking a week off, because I think the, uh, the Dern Hill, there was nothing last week. And oh. I was going to do an episode earlier in the week, and I didn't get to it. Because uh, uh, Bianca kept canceling on me, but I can't what? keep using her as you a... You didn't know. <laughs> no. Oh, I always say like a day, and then you're like, let's just do it the next day. No, you told me yesterday. She's like, told why, don't me- we, why don't we just do it Friday? Listen, <laughs> you told me on Wednesday, can we do one Thursday? And I said, I have a lot of homework. Let's just do one Friday like early afternoon and that's what we're doing easy girl easy girl the, <laughs> the, the laptop's, laptop's going crazy off. i got a close photoshop here that's probably why huh oh snap what do you mean i'll oh, snap i've never seen that alert in my life reload that bitch come on come on there we go yeah just gotta quit all these what are you saying talk keep talking oh filling um, dead space please <laughs> Well, the dead space is now gone because it's fine. Well, there's always, there's no dead space anymore because you can just hear my computer about to explode. All right, go. What I was saying was done. You can talk now. Oh, good. He's so rude to me, guys. Um, Daniel Willycat Santos, baby. Uh Uh-huh. Most exciting bantamweight on planet Earth, and that is, like, my favorite, I think. Well, we got a few, but. Just looking at this card alone, this Johnny Munoz card, I know that Johnny Munoz, he's a good, he's a good kind of well-rounded fighter. I think he likes to wrestle a little bit, but I think that the star, the star in the making is our boy Willie Cat. Just because no matter how many times Johnny's going to tag him, no matter how many takedown attempts that Johnny attempts, Daniel's getting back up to his feet 
and he's going to land exotic willy cat like shots dude ripping the body peppering the noggin throwing spinning back kicks that are not telegraphed whatsoever i just feel like this is going to be the beginning of the run because he well i guess john castaneda who's also fighting on this card that was his first dub, but it was not a clean performance. I just want to see a solid championship-level performance out of Danny Willicat Santos where he's not going all Charles Oliveira. Because the thing that concerns me is this dude's young. He's a hot prospect. But when you're getting tagged all the time, the CTE starts kicking in. The chin starts weakening, and it just will decrease what could have been an amazing career. So I just want to see a clean performance out of Danny Willicat, and I just want to see uh, this is just a great platform for him to get a lot of fans and a lot of eyeballs because March is forward, exciting style, and he's just everything you want in a, in a young um, prospect because he's that new breed. And we'll talk about new breed of fighters later that are going to take over the UFC, but we're getting, there's not, I feel like the good fighters that everybody's rallying behind are dudes that can do everything. Like not, I mean, even the guys that can take you down, they still have like good stand-up game, you know. They just mm-hmm. choose to take it there, but like I just everybody just likes people that are good at what they do but also are exciting at what they do. Like Jonathan Almeida, we'll get to him maybe in a little bit later, but he just has a anomaly of a style because I feel like so many people, especially with the Russian fighters, they get bored because they're like, Oh, you're just taking down, grabbing your legs. But with a guy like Jonathan Almeida, he'll take you down, but then he also He's constantly throwing shots at you or he's trying to set up a submission. I feel like with some of those Russian guys, they just try to drag you out 25 fucking minutes and try to just demoralize you instead of trying to get that first round finish. Because I feel like when I'm watching Islam fight, there's so many times where it seems like he could just sink in a rear naked choke or something or a guillotine and he doesn't and he just wants to get to the next round, which is confusing to me. I don't understand why, but that isn't mm. even, that's completely besides the point. <laughs> Daniel Willicat is the man that we have to watch on this fight fight card we got jamie malarkey obviously Luan with lacerda versus damon blackshire blackshire fucking tough ass fighter his fight against fareed basharat he gave fareed some problems had him in a submission at the end there that was a little bit sketchy but lacerda we saw lacerda we saw him earlier in the year but malarkey's fight with guram i think fell out which fucking sucks because um that would have been an amazing little clash and we have yeah did yeah it fell through but Grom just can't stay healthy. He can't get to his fights. It's so goddamn annoying. But um, Zaleski Dos Santos is back. And now, this is what we got going on. The, like, the main card, it's fine. But I think that the prospect that we must watch the on the women's side, all right? We got the men and Danny Willicat Santos. And we got another Brazilian named Karine Silva. And there's just something about Silva. Because Natalia Silva, who we'll talk about a little bit later... She's amazing. But Karina Silva, almost like a bigger version of her. Shots kind of like a little bit. She's not as as dynamic. She has a better ground game for sure. But she's just big and physically imposing. And I think that when her shots land, she has more power than Natalia Silva. But Karina Silva versus Ketlin Souza. I think Ketlin Souza, this is her UFC debut coming from Invicta. Hey, hey, hey. This is not the fight that you want to take. And I also think that with Natalia Silva, bro, the girl that sh- they had her fight. They needed, Dana White needed to compensate her severely because uh, the beating that this girl took like two weeks ago against Natalia Silva was like, really? who in their right, like it was almost like watching an amateur go up against a world champion mixed martial artist. Like it wasn't, oh it was like whoever gosh. made this fight. I mean, like we got to know based her. on the last two fights, dude, like um, 
that that no, was yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> shut it out who did this girl make mad at the UFC <laughs> yeah. headquarters, she dude? Someone up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, Karina Silva, Danny Willie, Cat Santos. Those are the main ones from that card. All right, that, and obviously Jamie Malarkey, but that's what Malarkey. I wanted to highlight. We know that uh, France first off, Balbazi is probably going to be pretty good, but Willie Cat. We got to do a pod every time Willie Cat's fighting because uh, must watch TV every <laughs> single time. All right. What do we have on the docket for what I want to talk take about? Take a look. I came up with. Uh, all right. I guess. Dude, the amount of sick fights that are coming up. All right. Bianca, let me read these to you. Okay. Let's hear it. We got. Oh, my God. Okay. So up on June 24th, we got Emmett versus Taporia. Who? Uh, Iliad Horton. Yeah. Oh my God. He's like your favorite. The greatest of all time. All right. But we won't spend too much time on that. We'll, we'll, yeah. bump, we'll, we'll, in, we'll do... bump into the future a little bit Soriano's here. Soriano's fighting. Hmm? Yeah. Puna Hele, baby. Um, okay. But we'll get to UFC 290. Volkanovski. Pound for pound go. In my opinion, just because I'm saying that, you want to know why? Because I hate John Jones. Also, nobody, anybody watching this, if you like John Jones, bro, I don't know if we can be friends. <laughs> because uh, I don't get how you like him. Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, pound for pound, number one. And he's fighting Mexican. Yeah, we got, dude, that's at, pretty sick, though. We got two Mexicans, Brandon Moreno and Yair Rodriguez, fighting title fight. That's got to be rare, low key. Is it? That has to be. So it's like a Mexican card. I mean, the two, the co-main and the main have a Mexican in it. That's pretty sick. And they're fighting for titles. I feel like that's happened before, though. There was one time where there was like three people representing Mexico. They're fighting for titles, though? No, that's true. Not World for titles. Ti- yeah. Freaking that's sick, true. baby. And Yair has the style to beat Volkanovski. I don't think anybody's going to beat our man. Really? Our man. That, that, okay, think of like the evolution of Kellen. If you've watched me at all, just because of how much I like Max Holloway... We know that uh, Kellen hasn't been too fond of Alexander, but you know what? When he's you rubbed fight off on you the way you did, yeah, he's rubbed off on me, baby. Just like Michael, we didn't really love Chandler. I still kind of like him. I do kind of like him. I do love. I like Michael Chandler. I didn't like him at first, but I do like him now. Even though Dustin Cormier. Or what's his name? <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Dustin. Dustin. Dude, Daniel doing the interview with Dustin and Justin was kind of madness because they didn't know who he was talking to. He's like, Justin, Dustin, this is a question for you. Justin, Dustin, and Dustin's, Justin's like, did you ask me to answer it or Dustin? And then when he, when <laughs> oh, they called him yeah. fake and then DJ yeah. was like. Yeah, but I looked in the comments right, and I didn't. DC. Yeah, DC. Because like there was a little bit of a point in the interview where dc was interviewing dustin and justin and dustin said that he thinks that michael's fake or whatever and i looked in the comments but i think what um dc was saying is he was agreeing with dustin about justin gaethje being a real one he wasn't saying that like Uh, michael was being like fake because he said like justin gaethje's a real one and i just feel like michael's a little bit fake and then dc says he is but i think he was talking about justin about oh t okay yeah not freaking saying agreeing like, with us yeah, that michael's fake because i was like that's a risky thing to do brother oh man i just want connor and uh, michael to fight that's gonna be so sick i think yeah. they're gonna announce it at the end of the year really? i mean at the end of the season yeah that makes sense but coked out connor i don't know if that guy's gonna fight 
Him at that F1 out. thing when he's walking like this, his face all red with his shirt half buttoned down, bro. There's no way. I don't know if he's pounds. coked out. It, maybe he's just like enjoying himself. But more. dude has got work done. Oh, 100%. Like a little. But I don't know if it's all necessarily work because when people gain weight, maybe too, his muscles get denser. It's different in your face. Like that's one of the first places that weight goes. Okay, you've got to. There How do you, you even see that? My nostrils are tiny. It was sticking out. Oh, sorry. Sorry. But yeah, <laughs> your facial structure kind of changes when you gain 40 pounds of muscle. Yeah, I would say <laughs> that's pretty common. Yeah. And so I'm sure part of it's from that, but Kel's pretty adamant that he's gone Botox, which I could 100% see. Like, he has all fake veneers and so does his wife. So, like, it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. But... I do think part of it is yeah. just because he's gotten bigger. But it, it was fun watching, like, honestly, the post-fight footage, like, the way that they cut up the tough episode, it's not even at all what the interactions were. Because in on the YouTube version, it's um, where they do the post-show. It's honestly way better um, to watch that because it's uncut footage. Because oh. when, the, when Connor's literally, because Michael brought up a good point in one of his interviews when he's talking about how Connor's saying, you'll do what you told, like... Michael's like, you really think I just stood there and took that and was yeah. going like this? He's like, no. Like, I was actually, like, talking with him. I was like, oh, come on, man. But yeah. you actually saw that in the YouTube videos, which was so much more fun because you just got you to got really to feel like, how awkward it was because they were chilling there yeah. by themselves with cameras waiting for I Dana know, for, like, 30 minutes. so awkward. I was thinking that, too, like, how awkward that would be because they're purposely making it uncomfy and putting Dana it just them purpose, in there. Dana should have 100%. Yeah, he, they totally do that on purpose to try to get good TV Yeah, because they know something's going to happen. But um, do his accent again. To do what you're told. <laughs> I don't know. I can't you're really do an Irish yes. that well. No, you Imitating do. Connor is hard. Like, the people that do it, it's impressive. But what was I going to say is that, like, yeah, the good. whole entire, those those scenes were just so much more fun. I just like it when you get to see the actual banter not making Connor look good. Yeah. Or, like, not making him look super witty. Because everybody in the comments is like, that's, like, vintage Connor comeback. And, and like making Chandler look like he's at a loss for words when he's not like Connor's. I mean, Michael's just as good with just words and post yeah. fight press conferences as Connor. He's quick. Yeah. But yeah, that fight's going to be absolutely madness. And I think that Michael, Michael's team is going to kick some ass just because I think Michael's more dedicated. Just Connor showing up late to what wins and stuff i don't know it's just tough when you get conor mcgregor because he's got so much he other has such on. a big head too about it like that he knows that like regardless he can come late like it's not gonna penalize him you know mm. or hurt him so i feel like like you said michael is definitely more dedicated in the way of like yeah actually taking it seriously no yeah in the concept of the vets versus the prospects i don't love it do you love it you, like you got it. Nate Jennerman fighting Roosevelt Roberts, the second coming of him. This is like the motivated version. This isn't the dude that was texting Michael Bisbing saying, I'm going to submit Kevin Kroom or knock him out in the first round. This is the re-emerged fire under his ass Roosevelt Roberts who's going up mm -hmm. against a guy that's never fought in the UFC yeah, before. So you don't like it either very much? I just don't think it's fair. When it I look at the 155-pound prospects... They're going to dismantle. The, it would be different if the whole season was vets. Like, that would be cool. 
But the fact that yes. they're mixing vets yes. with prospect doesn't make any sense. When you, I don't know, we obviously don't know what happens, but when we have Timur Valiev fighting, who beat Howney Barcelos, who is one of the better bantamweights who has ever fought, like in the UFC, like right now, even though Howney just lost to Umar Nurmagomedov, but he just, he's such a good fighter. Timur Valiev, if you get to do this ever fight in the UFC before, a prospect that has maybe what, eight fights? This dude, Valiev, like, trains, I think. He's, like, friends with Islam Makachev. And he's fought in the UFC before. Like, he has had some serious wars. Like, that's not fair. No. It's not fair. <laughs> and the <laughs> whole, the whole, the the whole the thing point, before. I feel like, is to, like, get the vets to, like, prove how much they want it. But then also get the prospects to, like, prove themselves to be better than the vets. But mm-hmm. it's, like, that doesn't need to be them fighting each other. It could be them... Yeah doing it within the prospects fighting and the vets fighting, but I don't think they should be competing I don't think it should be divided. Also, Hunter Azure, his, like, I think he got released, but, like, one of his only losses in the UFC was to Jack Shore, who just kicked the shit out of Makwan Amir Khani. Like, Jack Shore, he's one of the better submission, I mean, better grappling dudes in bantamweight and now at 145, and he's an insane striker. So, I mean, like, the, some of these dudes that got cut, it's, like, Okay, they got cut because what? They lost to a really good mm-hmm. guy and Dana probably didn't love their style. It's like, okay, yeah. you can't judge these all these dudes off one fight, especially when they're fight everybody in the UFC, especially now. It's getting really there's like it's getting to the point where there's not a lot of super boring fights anymore, especially like in the men's divisions, dude. I agree. So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing, but I just think that the post shows are um a lot more fun to watch just because i hate seeing the all the cut up but i knew something was off from the beginning because i'm like they're going a really long way into this so the fight must be really short you know like because like you know how they'll like cut it like halfway through especially for longer fights if the the fight's long oh yeah i didn't even think about that they have to make up for all that time right but um back to like (sighs) stuff that's coming down we got rib whitaker verting fucking a whitaker's fighting drikas Drikus is finally going to lose a fight, which is going to make Izzy mad. But um, Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, Bo Nickel, Treshawn Gore. Treshawn. Bless up. Dang, he's going to be. Savior. He's going to fight Bo Nickel. Um, the thing I do like about that fight, though, is Bo Nickel versus Treshawn Gore is like, Treshawn Gore is to the point where, okay, I don't know. Like, Treshawn, he's got some thunder in his fist. And who knows, if he stuffs a takedown, Bo Nickel gets tired. We've never seen Bo Nickel under any adversity. I just like the fights where there's unknowingness. Like with the uh, the Christian Rodriguez fight versus, uh, what's his face? I don't know. Uh, Raul Rosas. When I was watching Christian, I'm like, okay, he could give Raul some issues. But they, with Treshawn, even though he has lost a couple times, I mean, who knows? If he lands one of those freaking rights, one of his hooks, Bonicle could go out cold. You never know. So I just like that unknowingness with Treshawn Gore where he's at that point where he's hungry and he's a good enough prospect and young enough to where he could give Bonicle issues. But a Jack Della versus Sean Brady's on this card. Oh, my God. How are really good on Jimmy Crow rematch versus Alonzo. Petrino, biggest fucking quad in the UFC. Absolutely jacked. Christian Rodriguez versus Simon's on the card. Okay. Now we're at one of the segments. All right. Perfect little segue. We have two guys from Argentina who are going to take over the UFC lightweight division. And I like maybe not necessarily like take it over, but I just think that these dudes 
have the skill set of the future, all right? Where we're going to see more of these young guys that come into the UFC like this. And we have Francisco Prado. I wrote Martin Prado, who's like a, U- a Diamondbacks uh, second base <laughs> back like, in the day. But uh, yeah, it's Francisco Prado versus, uh, I mean, not versus, but Esteban Rebovics. Those two guys, all right? I went back and I saw that uh, what like made me memorize this is I remember Esteban had to fight uh, Rajabov, Lovic Rajabov or whatever, like earlier in the year. And now Rajabov is fighting um, Ram- Mataj Rambeski, and that's going to be a cracker. We'll maybe talk about that one in another episode. But Esteban Rebovics, all right. I don't know what it is about this guy. I know we lost to Rajabov, but we need to keep our eyes on him because I think he's going to be a very special, special contender at li- in the lightweight division just because the dude, tough as nails, young, and the thing about him that I love is that he utilizes that sick move where he um, will grab your arm, give you like a Kimura look, and then use that and it like freaks out whoever he's fighting. Like Raj- Rajabov is a really good grappler and it was like freaking him out and it was allowing Esmon to get back up to his feet. Esmon can stuff takedowns and I love how he marches forward with his chin down and he throws hooks, rips the body. Like when he lets it go, the dude's got fire in his hands and he hurt Rajabov on multiple occasions. He just couldn't like stop the takedown a little bit, but I really do believe that when you know, because Raja, Rajabov took that fight like on short notice, and even though like it's impressive that Rajabov got that dub after however many days he got that fight, it is a change up in opponent for Rebovics. Like, I don't think he was expecting like a beast mode grappler mm-hmm. at the time. I think he was preparing more for a striker. I'm not sure though. But I just think that when he gets that takedown defense a little bit, like when the guys are more fresh and he can stuff takedowns earlier in the fight, tire him out. And I just want to see him let his hands go more. He's got that Daniel Willicott Santos and Talia Silva energy, baby. And I just think that he's super well-rounded. And the fact that he's not afraid to kind of just try wild stuff and he just doesn't accept any positions that are not favorable, like favorable for him. We got to keep our eyes on him. Like even though he did lose, got that knockout power. And I think that this fight against Camilla Kirk, he could really, really kind of display all of his skills i think yeah it is at lightweight i think camuela he can't is he come up he's coming up from uh 145 i believe but this is gonna be a tough fight for reba Vicks. he's thick and i just really love how he pushes the pace and when he because you know like when you're t- making your ufc debut you might not be all that comfortable but and especially having that one like having that zero next to your name like that's a lot of pressure and having that he's not undefeated anymore i bet he he can just feel like he just go in there and display all of his skills you know he doesn't have to fight tight so esteban baby but then francisco same kind of deal he had to go and fight jamie malarkey come on like that's a tough tough fight for your ufc to be when you're like my age he's like 21 or 22 22 and I just really, they just, they used that Kimura technique and he's got really good head movement. And there was one sequence in that fight. Like as I was f- watching that fight with Jamie Malarkey, I was thinking, dude, okay, like Jamie Malarkey has fought some absolute killers. Why isn't he getting this 22 year old out of there? And it just seemed like I was watching that entire fight at the perspective, I want Jamie Malarkey to win. So I was kind of just blocking out everything Prado was doing mm-hmm. because I was just thinking like, okay, I want. Jim Malarkey to get this dub. But then going back and watching that fight for a second time, I'm like, wow. If this dude could stay off his back a little bit, get up off his feet, do some, um, utilize some more head movement, like, 
Francisco Prado is going to be a problem because there was one sequence, like I was saying, where he like completely, he like dodged a few punches, had great head movement, and then cracked Jamie Malarkey. If there, if he continues to improve, like at the rate he's going, he's going to be like a song Yadonger where he's going to be fighting for like number one contender fights before he's hitting the age of 30, which is super impressive. So I'm hopefully that UFC doesn't cut him or anything or make him go on a developmental contract because I think that he's going to be really good. But Argentina, kind of on the way up, loves Santiago Pontanibio. Sucks that he had to lose to uh, Kevin Holland, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know? But I'm really excited about these young guys, and I think that they're a great representation of like um, what the UFC is going to be in the future. Just really well-rounded guys that not necessarily have like a set in stone skill set that they go mm-hmm. they just are mixed martial artists but that i really want to talk about them because i love rebovix and i think he's going to be a big big deal in the future same with prado um but we already talked about karina silva and daniel willicat santos let's 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 go back a little bit all right because i have some very strong words to say and i want to take credit because i Everybody knew Natalia Silva, but like I was making videos about her, like, and she's like a hot prospect right now. She is the person that everybody thinks is like the goat now. And I, we we talked about her. We've talked about her for a while now. Like we've had faith, but most complete flyweight prospect, a hundred and ten thousand percent. And I'm going to say this right now. I think that she's the best woman's fighter on planet Earth right now. Whoa. I think that Natalia Silva is the best, most exciting woman's fighter in the entire UFC, in the entire mixed martial arts community. Dang. Because. She, Watch out. I was, as I, was, I was watching her fight, dude. I was just thinking, this is the reason why people watch combat sports. It's to watch high-level fast twitch fighters mm-hmm. that are absolutely crisp and know what the fuck they're doing in every aspect of the game like if someone shoots on natalia silva she stuffs it if she gets to the ground she'll reverse it get back up to her feet and then start landing offense the left side of her body i'm telling you is not from planet earth the freaking hook she throws Why only the left no it's because i think she's an orthodox fighter and, pre- uh. and she can switch stances obviously but like i just feel like it's really rare well, I mean, Justin Gaethje, like all these, these are trained freaking killers. Like obviously they're good either way, but the way that she can just bam, head kick, like that snap really sucked, but left <laughs> hook and the equal equalness in power. It's just, and the combination she puts together, it's just so unbelievably quick and fast. You blink and she's hit like three or four shots. You're on your back. Herb Dean's in there like, ah, I've fucking seen enough, okay? Because yeah. these girls, these girls that they don't have the same skill set as Natalia Silva. And I don't know, man. There's zero reason why she should not be fighting the top people in the division. Let's go through, actually, let's go through the UFC flyweight rankings right now and just see. UFC flyweight is absolutely cracked out. But let's go through the women's flyweight division and just kind of go. Take a little gander. Go, take a little gander. Miranda Maverick, she kicks the shit out of Miranda Maverick, no doubt. In my <laughs> this mind. is like an extra cussing I like, podcast. I like Miranda today. Maverick. All right, I just I'm I'm fired up. Tracy Cortez, law, she would lose. Andrea Lee, she would. I'm burning bridges right now because I like Natalia so, Natalia Silva so much. Casey O'Neill would get demolished. Macy Barber demolished. Viviana Araujo would get demolished. Amanda Hebos demolished. Uh, Jennifer Maya demolished. Lauren Murphy demolished. Caitlin Chukagan would get pieced. Jessica Andrade would be a little bit tougher. Aaron Blanchfield, I love Aaron Blanchfield. Tyler Santos is tough, bro. But um, I think that looking from anybody from basically like five down, 
fair game for Natalia Silva, baby. Most exciting flyweight prospect, most complete. And I really think that she gives everybody in the top 15, one to 15, some serious issues. I love Alexa Grasso, but watching her just strictly stand up, like if Alexa didn't change levels at all, I think that's only his calendar. I mean, I've got, I mean, like, seriously, I think that she's got everybody in the division down pat. It's just when you maybe get to, like, uh, Tyler Santos, girls like that, Aaron Blanchfield. I think Aaron Blanchfield, like, if she gets the ground. Like, the, the, I think that the biggest factor and, like, the reason why I have so much confidence is the fact that, like, Natalia's better than everybody else on the feet. And I think that in terms of ground game, she's not much lower than the girls where that's their best skill. You know, mm -hmm. like when things aren't going well on the feet for some girls, they're all automatically like, take you down, try to submit you. But it's not that simple with <laughs> Natalia Silva because you can't get it to the ground. If you do get it to the ground, she's going to scramble back up to her feet and then she's going to piece you up because she's pissed off. So I like everybody in the flyweight division. It's freaking sick. But Natalia Silva, dude, she looks like a freaking straw weight in there, kind of, because she's not as tall as everybody else, but she gets the job done bruh she needs a ranked opponent now <laughs> okay i think the last thing we're going to talk about keep this sucker short because i want to edit it and get it out we got the bomb feet bros coming back who does ishmael bomb feet follow because he follows so many people ew yeah it's pretty sick really though. it's pretty cool not, I I, on my on my personal account though i think my personal kind. No, I'm not <gasps> all good no game. Sicker. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he just went through and followed people, but now Ismail Bonfim and Gabriel Bonfim, they took over the UFC earlier in the year because they took. Do they still follow you? Hmm? Are you sure he still follows? You know how they do that thing where they follow and then unfollow. Here, I can check. Let's look. Ismail, do you still follow Kellen Soriano? Let that has to be the title. Does Ishmael, whatever his name is, still follow me on Instagram? question mark it's not like it really matters how do you how, that's how, on all gear no game dude i don't even know how, how you can like look kelly oh eight there we go i need to change that shit bro i need to stop following ufc fighters because i'm following like almost a thousand people you're also following I'm, girls in high school that you followed when you were in high school oh, that sure need to, you probably should unfollow that you don't know very well anymore. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that sounded bad at first. You also follow girls in high school. Yeah, you're like calling me out for like nothing. You know? <laughs> no, I mean like there's so many people that don't follow you back and that's so rude. I'll just go through and find it later because. Um, oh, you can't search it from there. No, because it's not my actual account. It's chilling. We're chilling. It's chilling. We're vibing. Yeah, I can. Um. But I think that the main thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is uh, Gabriel and Ishmael are back. Are you and, name? Huh? His name? It's uh, Maheta. R-M-A. R-M-A? No, it's M-A-R-R. -R. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, one of my favorite parts in the UFC, for sure. That's sick that he follows you. Proof. Following Kellen. No, but I'm I'm a big fan, dude. Him and that Terrence McKinney fight, there's just something about it where some of these Brazilian guys were just looking way too good in that UFC fight Dang. card. And if they were doing Brazil versus uh, UFC that night, like guys that have never fought in the UFC before, the UFC was a little bit balked because uh, that Diego, uh, Bruno Figueira, 
I think that he knocked out Gregory Rodriguez, and then uh, Terrence McKinney lost, and then Munir Lizes. I believe that's who Gabriel Bonfim fought in his UFC debut. But I really think that this these these Bonfim boys they're gonna take over the UFC. Uh, I'm sad they're not fighting on the same car, but Gabriel Bonfim, he's got a tough test against Trevin Giles, but I think that he's going to, or tre- yeah, Trevin Giles, but I think that he's going to get that dub just because I th- I believe he's a better striker. And also, I, if things aren't going necessarily right for him on the um, feet, he can pretty much take down anybody in the division. Yeah, he's got he's got slick, slick submission skills and great grappling. And he just is a big, lane, like kind of wiry, tall, strong-looking guy. So Gabriel Bonfim is the man, but one sick ass fight that I absolutely love. I was sad because Vince Pichel, or yeah, versus uh, Benoit Saint Denis that fell through, and that would have been the sickest classic boxing poster because both of these cats uh, have like they look like bare knuckle boxers. That's cool. That that's what you thought of though. So I wanted to you make could it, make it. Uh, I wanted to make a poster. Benoit Saint Denis versus uh, Vince Pichel. I hope I'm saying his name right. Benoit is a cool name. <laughs> like, look at don't those oh guys look God. like they could be on a bare knuckle boxing? Yes, poster? I love his mustache. <laughs> yeah, That's I know. Sick. But the fight fell through, and now Saint Denis is going to be taking on Gabriel, which is going to be by far his toughest fight. His, I mean, obviously that war that he had with Eliz. Zaleski dos santos back up at 170 but now he's at 155 i've he's got like a couple dubs now and it's gonna be fun because benoit saint denis is has that dog in him and gabriel um, ishmael's got that dog in him and i think that they're gonna start throwing down but the thing that i'm really interested in is seeing ishmael's ground game just because saint denis seems like he can get anybody on the ground he's got that french special forces grinder in him where he's not gonna like stop he's gonna stay in your face all the time and i think it could be kind of almost like a i might it might be 15 minutes of absolute hell to be honest just because you're not getting a french special forces guy out of there especially with the war he had up a weight division with the extremely skilled fighter and um zaleski dos santos so benoit santini it's gonna be fun santini can knock you out too if you're not careful it's gonna be a really tough fight for maheta i'm gonna be cheering for both of them it's gonna suck that one of them has to lose but i think it's a really good stylistic matchup for santini just because i feel like he's super strong and almost can take down anybody he wants to low-key he's got really good grappling can submit anybody and so it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those kind of grinders. It might be the fight where I thought Crone Gracie. I gotta, I dude, I, my parents didn't buy that pay per view or whatever, but I want to go back and watch Crone Gracie butt scoot around the octagon against Charles Air Jordan. Pissed me off. I thought that was gonna be a good ass fight, but apparently, um, Crone Gracie and- tried to go all jujitsu style and uh, Charles beat him. But dude, fucking stupid. Like the Charles Jordan, he's the man, but. I am done talking about UFC. There's so much going down. and uh, We'll actually try to be on it and make a video or a pod for the upcoming fight again. So then that way we can like touch it mm-hmm. on it again later. Yeah. But we have graduation in a couple weeks. So we've just been kind of busy, you know, life. But this summer will be more consistent, right? Mm-hmm. And... 
maybe interview some people but like yeah the more i think about it it's like like what like why interview people but like it's cool but i just feel like it's more bothersome to them i don't know i think it's cool like what are they getting out of it like when you're talking to me some people just like to talk yeah that's true and also you never know who's gonna get big like you could get big yeah, because that is the point of this podcast. I care more about people that aren't, like, big yeah. than anything. Yeah. It just sucks that a lot of the people I like are, don't speak English. I know. That's the hardest part, I feel like, is translating stuff. That's, like, the hard, like my favorite fi- some of my favorite fighters besides Javed Basharat and Farid, they don't speak English. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Brandon Moreno kind of speaks good English. You I know, but try. he's the champion of the world. So You could say... I've been a big man of you. My, my girlfriend's Mexican. <laughs> my girlfriend's <laughs> Mexican and her stepdad's last name's Moreno, so that's cool. Facts, yeah. You guys might be related. Honestly. <laughs> Somewhere well, not line. me, but no, yeah, BJ. BJ. But okay, thank you guys. And um, yeah, we'll try to do these more consistently. But uh, you know what happens when we say that. <laughs> Bye. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.